1: Stop trying to do it in your own power stop trying to do it your own way you lean on me you trust me you let me lead you guide you follow me therefore to this day the israelites do not eat the tendon attached to the socket of the hip because the socket of jacob's hip was touched near the tendon this is the turning point in Jacob's spiritual journey.
0: How many times have you messed up and tried to fix it yourself? Oftentimes, we think that we can clean everything up and fix our problems all by ourselves, but in reality, we just aren't strong enough. If God knew that we would be strong enough to overcome our own sin, why would he send his only son to die for the sins that we can't overcome? God knew that we wouldn't be able to beat our sins only through the grace and mercy of christ can our sins be forgiven and cast as far as the east is from the west now here's pastor danny in the book of genesis chapter 32 as he continues his message the story of jacob to every nation.
1: goes to searching and uh, goes into Rachel's tent and she's acting like it's her time of the month. She says, excuse me, dad, I can't get up. And she's got the gods hidden underneath her and she lies and she deceives and the soap opera just continues. And then if you keep reading the story of Jacob, uh, he's on his way now back to the homeland and he hears that Esau is coming to meet him. And he's, he's so fearful. Oh no, he's going to kill me. And you get to chapter 32, stay with me. He sets this thing up where he sends these servants, these servants with these gifts. And they come one at a time with these gifts to meet Esau. They're from your servant, Jacob. They're from your servant, Jacob. And What he's doing is trying to pacify. Look, chapter 32, verse 20. Your servant Jacob is coming behind us, for he thought, I'll pacify him with these gifts I'm sending on ahead. The point I want to make there, and I hope you're hanging with me in this story. I know we're covering a lot, but listen. There's still that manipulative nature, that deceptive nature, that try to fix things by your own power, you know, and Esau's coming, and so he's... Going to send these gifts one after another, one after another servant. They're from your servant Jacob to try to pacify Esau. What he needs to do is trust the Lord. And then you get to chapter 32. I want you to look at this, verse 22. That night Jacob got up, took his two wives, his two maidservants, his 11 sons, crossed the fort of the Jabbok. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone. And a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him. That's an interesting statement when you know who the man is. He touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, let me go for it's daybreak. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And the man asked him, what's your name? Heel grabber. Then the man said, your name will no longer be heel grabber, but... Israel, it means God prevails. Some say it means governed by God because you've struggled with God and with men and have overcome. How did he overcome? By losing the wrestling match. That's what that means. That's how he overcame. When the man he's wrestling with, well, Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Peniel. It means the face of God. Saying, it's because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. This is God coming in human form, mysterious as it is, and wrestling with Jacob all night. And the only time Jacob won was when he lost, when he touched the hip, the joint, and now Jacob, listen, the sun rose above him as he passed Peniel, and he was limping because of his hip. My opinion opinion is he limped for the rest of his life, and it was a constant reminder. Stop trying to do it in your own power. Stop trying to do it your own way. You lean on me. You trust me. You let me lead you, guide you. Follow me. Therefore, to this day, the Israelites do not eat the tendon attached to the socket of the hip, because the socket of Jacob's hip was touched near the tendon. This is the turning point in Jacob's spiritual journey. Turning point. When he wrestles with God all night And then he loses the wrestling match And when he lost He won The story's not over You get to chapter 33 Here comes Esau And if Jacob had just trusted the Lord Verse 2 He put the maidservants and their children in front Leah and her children next And Rachel and Joseph in the rear There's a real brave man But Listen Turning point, but he still got a ways to go. Turning point. Experience with God that would be the turning point. But he still got some growth. He himself went on ahead. He bowed down to the ground seven times as he approached his brother. But Esau, catch this verse 4. What a shocker for Jacob. Esau ran to meet Jacob, embraced him. He threw his arms around him, his neck, and he kissed him. He thought he was going to kill him. And now, Harry Red is just wrapping him up and hugging him, and they began to weep there together as brothers. He should have just trusted God. Jacob goes on; the last verse of chapter thirty-three is very important. He goes to a place called Shechem, and there he set up an altar, and he called it El El Ohi Israel, it means the God of Israel is mighty. The God of Israel is mighty. He's learning some things. He's growing. i got to trust the Lord. God's mighty. He's mighty. He can take care of me. I just need to learn to trust him. I don't know if it was a mistake to stay in Shechem. I don't know that. But it's interesting, as he stays in Shechem, um, terrible things happen in Shechem. Uh, A guy named Shechem... uh, (laughs) He's basically, his dad owns the place. That's the impression you get. Well, he goes out and he meets Dinah, Jacob's daughter. He rapes her. Boy, her brothers are ticked. (laughs) That's an understatement. They are mad. They are mad. Shechem comes to Jacob and says, I love your daughter. What is it? Name name the price. I want to marry your daughter. Well, a couple of the sons, um, Simeon and Levi, Dinah's full-blood brothers, they plot a wicked scheme, and they say, "Eh, well, you know, uh, our faith, our God, we're circumcised men. The only way we'll agree uh, to this, uh, you marrying our sister, is if you guys all become circumcised too. They agree to it. And while they're in the midst of the pain, after being freshly circumcised, Simeon and Levi come in and slaughter the whole bunch of them. Man. Verse 27, the sons of Jacob came upon the dead bodies and looted the city where their sister had been defiled. Life's got a lot of surprises and you never know what's coming. And you love the Lord And you're serving the Lord And you're growing in the Lord And then tragedy hits What's Jacob going to do? Chapter 35, very significant Here's what he does Then God said to Jacob Go up to Bethel Settle there That's good advice Bethel's where he first met God Go to Bethel Settle there and build an altar there to God. That is what makes me suspicious that staying in Shechem was not a good idea. But I'm just going to leave that one there. But it is suspicious to me. Go to Bethel, settle there, build an altar there to God who appeared to you when you were fleeing from your brother Esau. So Jacob said to his household and to all who were with him. Catch this. Here's what he says. Get rid of the foreign gods you have with you and purify yourselves and change your clothes. There's one particular person that he's talking to. One partic- Now, he's talking to the whole family, but there's one particular one. He's definitely singling it out. Her name is Rachel. And now Jacob has become the leader in the family that God wanted him to be. Then come, let us go to Bethel, where I will build an altar to God, who answered me in the day of my distress, and who has been with me wherever I've gone. So they gave Jacob all the foreign gods they had and the rings in their ears, and Jacob buried them under the oak at Shechem. Now, now he's a godly father. Now he's a godly husband. Now he's taking action. He's growing. Verse nine, chapter thirty-five. After Jacob returned from Paddan Aram, God appeared to him again and blessed him. And He said to him, "Your name is Jacob. Your name is heel grabber." But God said to him, "You will no longer be called Jacob. Your name will be Israel." So He named him Israel. Now he's mature. Now he's learned some lessons. Now God prevails Governed by God But that's not the end of the story The chapter ends with the death of Rachel And the death of Jacob's father Isaac Painful Rachel's death is interesting I want you to look at it Chapter 35 Um, As she breathed her last For she was dying And she's giving birth as she's dying, all right? She named her son Ben-Oni. You know what it means? Son of my trouble. Now, I'm not surprised when you read between the lines, even like I've noted tonight about Rachel and her character. It's not a faith name. It's not an encouraging thing. It's, it's, It's a selfish thing. Son of my trouble. That's what it means. Son of my trouble. I'm dying because of you son of my trouble. But notice this, but his father named him Benjamin. He said, no, that's not, no, we're not, no, no. I'm naming him by faith, son of my right hand. Benjamin, that's his name, not Benoni. Way to go, Jacob. Way to go. And then verse 22, I hope you're hanging with me here. I, again, I know it's a lot, but listen, verse 22, chapter 35, while Israel was living in that region, Reuben went in and slept with his father's concubine, Bill, and Israel heard of it. Isn't that interesting? Challenges still in life, family problems, but he's a mature saint now. Israel, not Jacob, Israel heard of it. He's going to make it, despite the family problems, despite the testings, despite his mistakes that, thank God, he's learned from. And then you get to the end of chapter 35, and it's interesting. And again, hang with me. Jacob came home to his father, Isaac, in Mamre, uh, where Abraham and Isaac had stayed. Isaac lived 180 years. Then he breathed his last and died and was gathered to his people, old And full of years. And that's how it ends. And then you pick it up in chapter 37. And we'll look at the life of Joseph. And if you haven't caught on tonight, we're looking at the life of Jacob tonight. This is the story of Jacob. But it's interesting how the story of Joseph starts out. And the Holy Spirit makes no mistakes in inspiring the pen of these writers. Look at chapter 37 and look at verse 2. It's the beginning of the story of Joseph, and here's how it opens up. This is the account of Jacob. Why? Why does it open that way? Joseph, a favorite son of his father Jacob, because he was born to him in his old age. Joseph, hated by his brothers, would be sold as a slave in Egypt, but his brothers would make it appear to Jacob that Joseph has been killed by a wild animal. Chapter 37, verse 31. They got Joseph's robe, slaughtered a goat, and dipped the robe in the blood. They took the ornamented robe back to their father, and they said, we found this. Examine it to see whether it's your son's robe. And he recognized it and said, it's my son's robe. Some ferocious animal has devoured him, and Joseph has surely been torn to pieces. Then Jacob tore his clothes, put on sackcloth, mourned for his son many days. All his sons and daughters came to comfort him. He refused to be comforted. He said, no, in mourning will I go down to the grave, my son. So his father wept for him. You talk about struggle as now a mature saint. He thinks Joseph is dead. And years would pass. A severe famine would hit Israel, Egypt, the then known world. Joseph, we'll look at it next week, will become second in command in Egypt. God gives him wisdom to tell Pharaoh how to take care of things, you know, and save up for seven years so that when the famine hits, Egypt will be fine. Jacob will years later send his brothers down to Egypt to buy grain. And ultimately, Joseph will reveal himself to his brothers. And they think they're going to die. But he tells them that it was God's will, that he... Become that type of Christ and the Savior of the then known world. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. But you jump with me to chapter 48. Joseph sends an Egyptian caravan with all, I mean, just, it was like limos coming to Israel and to bring Jacob, his dad. And all of his family to Egypt where Joseph would take care of them until the famine was over. And when he gets there, chapter 48, verse 11. Israel said to Joseph, "I never expected to see you, uh, see your face again. And now God has allowed me to see your children too." Then Joseph removed from them from Israel's knees, bowed down with his face to the ground. Joseph took both of them, Ephraim on his right toward Israel's left hand, and Manasseh on his left toward Israel's right hand, and brought them close to him. But Israel reached out his hand and he put it on Ephraim's head, though he was the younger. Whoa! And crossing his arms, he put his left hand on Manasseh's head, even though Manasseh was the firstborn, and then he blessed Joseph, and he said, may the God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walk, the God who has been my shepherd all my life to this day, the angel who has delivered me from all harm, may he bless these boys, may they be called by my name, and the names of my fathers Abraham and Isaac, and may they increase greatly upon the earth. Verse 20, he blessed them that day and he said, in your name will Israel pronounce this blessing. May God make you like Ephraim and Manasseh. So he put Ephraim ahead of Manasseh by faith. Where did he learn that? It's his own life experience. It's his life. And God obviously directed him to pray there for these boys. What an amazing thing. Chapter 49 Joseph, or Jacob, Jacob Jacob prophesies and he blesses his sons. He blesses them. Here's a mature man of God. I end with this one verse. Chapter 49, verse 29. These few verses. Then he gave them these instructions I'm about to be gathered to my people. Bury me with my fathers in the cave in the field of Ephron the Hittite, the cave in the field uh, of Machpelah near Mamre in Canaan, which Abraham bought as a burial place uh, from Ephron the Hittite along with the field. There Abraham and his wife Sarah were buried. There Isaac and his wife Rebekah were buried. And there I buried Leah, not Rachel. What's the point? All the years, all the struggles, all the lessons, and he's learned lessons now. And his name is Israel. And not only has he become the leader in his family that God intended him to be, he's learned to trust God despite the Esau's in his life. They want to take his life. And he's learned to love a wife by faith. Leah started out, he loved Rachel, but he said, you bury me with that godly wife, Leah. And when Jacob, verse 33, had finished giving instructions to his son, he drew up his feet into the bed. He breathed his last and he was gathered to his people. What people? The people of faith. People of faith. Let me throw a few things out, and then we'll just close. It's just a reiteration. You don't have to manipulate a situation in life to find God's blessing. You don't have to. You don't have to try to scheme and plot regarding your spouse, scheme and plot regarding your kids, scheme and plot regarding your money, whatever you need. just need to learn to trust God. You can trust him, you know. Now, as we trust him, let's honor him. Honor him. Jacob got that beginning point right as he said, God, you be my God. I'll give you a tenth of all. Honor the Lord. Trust him. Galatians 6 7 is true. Don't be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Jacob learned from his mistakes, though. He learned. He did reap what he sowed, but he learned the lessons of his manipulative, deceptive, ungodly ways. It's amazing God will even wrestle with us, isn't it? I mean, all all God's got to do is just a little pinky and just slam us. Ah, Bam! You know, we're done. But he wrestles with us. And he wrestled with Jacob all night, all night. He could have slammed him at any point. And then he did. He reached out and he touched the hip socket. And Jacob limped. I think he limped the rest of his life. But it was a daily reminder. The only way I'm going to win is when I lose. The only time I'm going to win is when I lose. He became a humble man who learned to trust God. He became the leader in his family. He learned to love his spouse. And last but not least, maybe somebody needs to hear this last one. Don't expect your struggles in life to end until your life ends. I don't like that last one. I don't like it at all. Here's a man that's growing. Here's a man that's becoming more godly. Here's a man that did mature, and God said, Now you're no longer heel grabber. You are Israel. And the struggles not only continued... Some of them became more severe. Don't be surprised by trouble, trouble and struggle. Don't be surprised. You say, well, I'm, I'm trying to follow the Lord. I think I'm growing, you know. Why is this happening? Because this is not heaven. Did you catch that? It's not heaven. The only time the struggles will be over is when we are gathered to our people. And then struggles will be over. We come alive
0: as we are filled with the living word. A brutalized so We can fully rest in your truth. Thanks for joining us today on the Living Word. Pastor Danny has been teaching through the first book of the Bible, the book of Genesis. Be sure to join us next time to hear more from this fascinating book. We also want to encourage you to read through Genesis on your own. There's so much to discover about the beginning of this world and the Creator who loves you so deeply. If you'd like to hear more teachings from Pastor Danny, be sure to visit our website, ccfstpete.church. Just click on sermons to access our archive on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe while you're there. That way you'll know as soon as we upload new videos. We'd love to connect with you too. So if you have any questions or would simply like to talk with us, please send us an email. You can reach us at info at ccfstpete.church. That's info at ccfstpete.church. Be sure to let us know how we can be praying for you. We'd love to meet you in person as well. So come join Pastor Danny for our weekly church services Calvary Chapel Fellowship meets on Saturdays at 6 p.m. and Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. We look forward to worshiping with you. Find out more on our website. One more time, that's ccfstpete.church. That's all for today. We look forward to having you join us next time to continue studying the Bible right here on The Living Word.